0: Hello, everybody. Adam Parks here with another episode of Receivables Roundtable. Today, I have my friend here, Osama, with January, who's going to talk with us a little bit about kind of the digital space. So um, for anyone who's not as lucky as me, my friend, to have met you in person, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and how you got to the seat that you're in today?
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, So Osama here, a little history about myself. I uh, grew up in Boston, uh, currently living in LA with my wife his son and uh, St. Bernard, but uh started off um, about six, seven years ago, really just trying to get into the sales space. I'm, I'm a sales guy at heart um, and, you know, went through the traditional education route and realized that it wasn't for me. Decided to drop out at 19 and start a solar company with a couple of buddies where we went door to door and ran that for about three years till we scaled it across seven different markets, had 150 employees, um, and realized that I just love the sales and marketing world. Um, decided that at that point after those three years, I wanted to gain some new mentorship and find some new leaders um, across different industries. Moved on to the telecom space, uh, ran offices all across the West Coast, um, doing sales and marketing there for about a year and a half, then got into the tech world. So, um, slowly got into sales, enterprise sales within insurance, selling software there, and uh, slowly found my way a year later, getting into January, and uh, always told my parents I wanted to get into debt collection, and here we are now, I've been uh, at January for about a year and a half, but it's been uh, an amazing experience, just getting more immersed and meeting leaders like yourself, um, definitely lucky enough to, to go to a ton of conferences and just see where I could provide more value and build relationships and really just help this uh, industry pivot towards more digital and consumer centric approach.
0: Fair enough. And now you're with January and that's exactly what you guys are doing over there is the the communications, the technology, and kind of that portal and the bridge between those two worlds. Um, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about January and what it is that you guys do there.
1: For sure. So the way I like to, to kick it off is January was founded about uh, six years ago and the whole goal is to bring a new level of empathy, trust and effectiveness to the debt collection space. Mm-hmm. So we actually started off uh, with credit unions. Credit unions are very uh, member focused and so there's a lot of alignment with what our solution can provide aside from just the performance and the ROI aspect of it. And we really proved out our concept there, um, you know, after credit unions, we started expanding into debt buyers, fintechs, we even signed our first few banks. And basically our whole uh, philosophy is that we try to reach out to consumers in strictly a digital manner. So email and SMS, no outbound calls. And what we do is we try to nudge these consumers and borrowers towards a self-service portal where they get 24-7 access to their debt and flexible options to take care of it. Uh, so everything from a payment plan to a settlement offer, to even following a dispute if they wanted to online. And then giving our clients that access on the back end where they can see all the analytics um, and reporting behind those collection strategies and just figure out how can we improve it? Where can we gain new insights and what are we really understanding about our borrowers uh, rather than just calling, collecting and and going from there?
0: Well, I think that that's a great segue into a conversation about kind of the digital communications and then what happens after you've communicated. And I know as we went through the process of Regf. Uh, and everybody started instituting the the compliance for that regulation, I think what people found was that The communications is only one portion of it, right? Being able to communicate and understanding the messaging and what you're saying and how can you create a frictionless or a a positive experience for that consumer, right? Because the consumer most likely had some great online banking tools when they were a customer of a major financial institution. And so they kind of have that same expectation, especially if they're coming from some sort of a fintech debt, right? Like, what are you seeing on, on your side of the world?
1: Yeah, that's, that's something that we talk about a lot is, you know, you have these consumers that originate this loan or this credit card online. It's such a seamless experience. There's so much effort put up front. And then you get to the end of this or... You know, and this is where we kind of got to talk about, you know, the philosophy and intention behind, you know, our industry is it the end of a life cycle when somebody gets charged off and why are we treating them so much differently in the end of that life cycle, which could be the beginning of another life cycle, um, you know, compared to how we treat them in the beginning. And so, uh, you know, with all the compliance coming in it, I do see a lot of people tend to get scared when the CFPB comes out with, you know, new policies and when Reg F initially came out um, and we always get a little bit excited because we see that compliance and customer experience goes hand in hand. And the goal of the CFPB isn't to crack down on agencies, but how do we protect consumers. And so our whole philosophy is how do we create those guardrails in place with our communications? I think that's the nice thing about being a tech first industry, uh, tech first agency is that you can put those guardrails in place, automate it, not worry too much about human error. But then most of all, down the line, um, what are you really understanding about your borrowers and how are you uh, using that data to make better decisions higher up in the funnel uh, and higher up in the, in the life cycle? So everything from that behavioral data, not just in the communications, but once they are on your portal or maybe your digital banking app or whatever you're, you're, you're directing these consumers to, what kind of behavioral data are you collecting and then using that? to optimize the communications, to optimize the experience, maybe uh, offer better products down the line. Um, I, I think there's so much that could be unlocked from that behavioral aspect of it. And understanding the consumer psychology, while keeping in mind that, hey, compliance isn't there to hold us back, but actually allows us to um, open the door for consumers to be a little bit more open with us if we can do it right.
0: Well, and it's the the marriage to e-commerce, right? So this is where you look at that collections, communication expertise being infinitely important, right? Being able to get the message out, whether it be phone, email, text, um, telepathy, smoke signals, you know, whatever communication methods you're able to use these days. Um, But even kind of going beyond that, you look at the use of these portals and from an e-commerce point of view. Right, because if you've got an abandoned cart, for example, right, like you know you're going to get that email from Amazon, you probably yep. also want to be, when you can, sending that same communication out to the consumer. Um, but then you still have to fall within your seven and seven, right? So like you still have exactly. to fall within the the compliance regulations there. Now, with what you guys are doing, you're operating as an agency or a platform, or is it both?
1: Uh, so we're a third party agency. So just like your typical traditional agency, um, but we do have a newer SaaS product that's coming out. That's pretty exciting. And this is more first party white label solution for pre-charge off. So really excited there. That's going to be more of just a, a SaaS solution um, while we still perform as a third party agency for post-charge off
0: interesting interesting uh, you know I, th- I think as we look at the uh, the platforms right uh, whether you're doing it as an agency or' doing it as a platform deliverability I think remains to be one of those main keys right in terms of being able to get those outbound communications out there um, and and actually getting them delivered into the inboxes so that you can start to look at those click funnels and then as you're bringing that consumer back to the portal itself you're putting them into again like an e-commerce scenario right how are you drawing the similarities between that consumer experience and the ideas uh, that have been driving e-commerce for 30 years?
1: Yeah, um, you know, th- to take a step back real quick when we talk about like deliverability, um, you know, I think something that's been important and I think this, this is another thing about us being such a small company and, and still being a little bit newer to the space is that when we started off, we had small clients. We had a small amount of volume that we were working with. And so when it came to testing, that email deliverability was a big focus for us initially, Mm -hmm. right, compared to maybe some of these larger agencies that have been traditional for so long and they have millions of accounts that uh, are being placed and bam, they want to turn on digital and send out their first few emails and maybe they didn't get the best deliverability because there wasn't enough testing and experimentation before then so for us, that experimentation is number one, right? Understanding what do these consumers want to see the most in starting off with that small volume. And now we're at a point where we definitely have the strategy down, um, you know, a lot of the uh, accounts that we see are subprime or deep subprime. Um, and so there's always a lot of concern there of like, does a digital approach work? Like, is it the, their willingness to pay or is it their ability to pay? And So. Um, a lot of them think, okay, if it's mostly about their ability to pay, does a di- digital channel even matter? Or do we have to be more aggressive? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think once again, taking that step back and understanding the consumer experience mm-hmm. part of it, um, and being able to tailor what a payment plan looks like for a consumer, their ability to pay might be low, but if you find the right terms and the right, uh, you know, payment plan length and, and monthly payment that aligns with their schedule, you'll find that willingness to pay might be a little bit higher than what we initially expected. Um, and So once again, we go back to that behavioral data, you had maybe a low propensity to pay score for a certain borrower, they somehow get onto the portal, um, we know that we're converting them and they do choose a payment plan that we thought they weren't even going to look at. And so how does that affect your propensity to pay model? How are you now looking at the rest of your portfolio and understanding, okay, maybe consumer experience can direct a certain segment of borrowers towards a payment plan that works and that will recover and be completed uh, compared to before where maybe we didn't think that was the case.
0: Well, I think it sounds like you're looking at some of that prioritization. You know, when when it comes to the effectiveness of getting, uh, of getting these digital communications delivered, how much do you think of the challenge is technical versus messaging, right? Because part of that is always going to come down to the technical capacities and the technical capabilities of an organization domain authority, right? There's a lot of technical measurements and aspects that we could look at, um, but then you also kind of have the other side of that right which is that messaging and do i have the right subjects you know am i writing in all caps with all emojis and looking like spam or does my business you know does my message look like a legitimate business message you know from your like from what you've seen like how does that balance work
1: um it's, that's a really good question. Um, I think the technical aspect is super important and that, that really just takes us back to the, the compliance part of it. Are you doing everything right? Do you have everything by the book? Um, and do you have the right technologies enabled and systems around them to make sure there's guardrails in place? Um, especially when you're working with maybe like enterprise size clients. Um, but then the messaging the the messaging is so important. Um, and I've seen different types of messaging from different agencies. Um, and everybody tries to have like their unique twist to it. but um, You know, it it comes back to the experimentation, the way you're going to talk to a BNPL borrower with a low balance is going to be much different than talking to a bank originated loan with a high balance. Um, So understanding what that difference is, not that we're going to get into like the demographic of that specific borrower and their age, um, because we can't do that, but understanding based on these products. what does that consumer behavior typically look like, how is this one originated? Um, and how can we tailor that messaging to fit them better, especially based on what we've seen in the past? Um, once again, the more data you can collect the better or the easier it is to to make those decisions moving forward.
0: Well, the easier it is to predict the future, right? Like the more data that yeah. you have on the closer the correlation, the easier it is to pull it your crystal ball and predict what might happen next, which is, I mean, really kind of the the heart of what we end up doing as an industry in the debt buying space, right? We're we're constantly yeah. kind of playing that, that numbers game. Now, from as you look at, Kind of how the this technology has evolved, and we 've gone to a much heavier mobile presence over the last couple of years. I could tell you from a website perspective, uh, like we host hundreds of websites in the space, and we can see a massive shift. There was a small growth in the uh, shift from desktop and tablet to mobile traffic and it was let's call it five or ten percent on an annual basis you were seeing this like steady Mm -hmm. slow climb then COVID hit and Bam, we're talking like, I've got agencies at 75%, 80% mobile. And then Google comes out and makes the announcement that we're going to live in a mobile first world going forward. And yeah. all of the search results, everything that they're developing now, including their AI SERPs, are all going to be directly related. So how do you think this, this move to mobile is going to have an effect within the arm industry?
1: Uh, I think SMS and email are just like clear winners for everybody. It's just about figuring out how to it, it's really about how do you meet the consumer exactly where they're going to be and when they, they want to to engage with you, right? Like the nice thing of having that portal and having it mobile friendly is that there's 24-7 access where a busy parent might have to get done with their day, put their child to bed. And then at 9 p.m. is when they discuss their finances with their spouse and they have that access 24-7 in a portal to take care of it, Um or they might be on the go and might be traveling. But I I think mobile is definitely going to be winning, Um, especially when you start to maybe we, we, like really dig deep into what it means to be a subprime consumer or a deep subprime consumer where everybody these days has a phone, but maybe we're finding that desktops and laptops aren't as accessible um, as before. And people do prioritize having a mobile phone because they have that 24 seven access. You don't need to plug it in somewhere and sit down um, to use it and take care of your debts or, or review your emails. Um, everything's just right there in your pocket.
0: I would say, you know, in in addition to that, the consumer experience begins on Google because when a consumer, yeah. if, when they get a validation letter, email notice, how, whatever right. format they receive that in, the first thing they're going to do is search that company name, right? Yeah. And what what we're finding now is with that big shift to mobile, they're going to do that search through a mobile device, not necessarily a desktop.
1: But what? Do, how do we
0: check our websites, right? Like we go and we... You know, we're logged into our computer, we're working for the day and we do that, but that's not how the consumer is interacting with us anymore. So that change, and you talked a little bit about kind of that mobile friendly portal, right? Like Mm -hmm. everything needs to be responsibly designed now, but specifically, I would highly encourage organizations to go search for your company name, right? Using your mobile phone. Immediately go to try and make a payment and try and walk through the whole process of making a payment, validating yourself as a consumer, making that payment. Like just go through and see what you find. Um, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of organizations are surprised at what they find. They find friction between the the consumer looking for them and the consumer being able to complete that payment, right? And the shorter of a distance that we can go from I found you to I paid you, obviously the better off you're going to be. From a digital channel perspective, Uh, you know, you got if you're pushing directly from an email, I think that's one thing. SMS, you probably are going to see less searching, but if they're going to, if they receive an SMS and they're going to search, they're like 98% going to do that from their phone, right? Yes. Kind of an inevitability in this mobile shift that you're going to just continue to see those numbers higher and higher. And now that Google's just living in a mobile first environment, I don't, I don't think there is any other way to go.
1: Exactly. I, I love that you brought that up because I remember I was looking into this even a few months ago and um, I was reading about how the CFPB is going to start really caring about uh a digital reputation, right? And especially because consumers are looking for everything digitally. They're not calling in or, or referring to maybe like yellow books or getting references somewhere about like, Hey, like, well, tell me about this agency. They're just going to Google it. Um, and then you got your Google reviews, you got your BBB reviews, you got your website. What else are you doing to really enhance your uh, online presence in your image and not just for consumers, but even for the CFPB. If they were to search your agency, what kind of reviews are they going to see? What are they going to see um, on your website? And, and do things give a great first impression or not? And so we've even seen that become an important factor now. So I'm glad you touched on that.
0: Absolutely. Well, every word that you put onto your website is going to be read by three audiences as a collection agency. It's going to be seen by the regulator, the client and the consumer. Right, exactly. And so it doesn't matter who you're trying to speak to on that particular page. You're, the language that you ultimately select to use needs to be well thought out and curated to ensure yeah. that you're not going to uh, fall into a deceptive practice under FTC dark patterns or something yeah. like that. I feel like the, uh, the collection agency world, whether it be the agency's debt buyers, right, but the whole receivables management space just falls under such heavy regulation that it's important yeah. that we always be looking for those opportunities to stand out, um, I, you know, one thing that we've always been telling organizations throughout the space is to talk about what they do in the community. You know, so many of the agency owners and, and participants in our space are so humble that they're not going to go running out and boast about the things that they're doing in the community. But so many of them really should, because I think it demonstrates one for new employees that are coming in an opportunity to demonstrate like who your organization really is and what you guys care about, but also whether it be from a positive search engine perspective or just bringing your name to the forefront in the news in your space or in your local community, like what a great
1: opportunity that can provide exactly just comes back to really making sure that we're transforming the industry and what people think of when it comes to debt collection. I know even for us as we're recruiting and hiring for different roles, um, some of the feedback that we get all the time is, wow, like I didn't think debt collection could be this empathetic or it could be this, this much of a good cause. I never thought I'd work for a company like that. But you know, the deeper we get into it and, and the more you learn, the more you realize that it's just a lot of good people trying to figure out how to make things better for consumers, um, which, you know, has made me fall in love with the industry a lot more. So yeah, definitely agree with you there.
0: Definitely a tight knit group. And you know, cool. we had the opportunity to play a little golf together at the RMAI awesome. summit a couple of months ago. I look forward to that awesome. opportunity again in the future. Usama, I really thank you for coming on and having a chat with me today. I feel like we covered um we covered it's kind of a difficult topic, right? Because it's not just any one of those pieces it's about bridging that gap between the communications and that consumer experience. So I, I appreciate Absolutely. your insights today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. For those of you that are watching, if you have additional questions that you'd like to ask or comments that you'd like to make, you can leave those in the comments below and we'd both be happy to respond to those. Um, If you have any additional topics that you'd like to see us discuss, you can leave those in the comments below as well. And I'm willing to bet I can get my friend to come back here just one more time to help me continue creating great content for a great industry. But until the next live conference, my friend, I'll see you again soon. And thank you, everybody, for watching.
1: Sounds good. Thank you, guys.